0: Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford it for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to
1: Indiana Basketball.
3: Hello and, hello and welcome in Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you as we begin another week. And I tell you what, for the offseason, I don't think Indiana fans have really gotten any bad news to this point. It's been another very productive spring for IU basketball. Yes, there were some players that entered the transfer portal, but none that I think IU fans worried about or can necessarily concerned about losing. But uh, a lot of good news and another shot in the arm for IU basketball, I think uh, you know my feelings on Jordan Geronimo. I think the future is really, really bright for him, and we saw more flashes of why that's the case this season from him, but he announced on Sunday on social media that he intends to return to IU next season. We really had not heard much about Geronimo. And his status for next year sometime when someone is quiet in this day of social media, when people are making announcements on a daily basis that they are entering the portal or that they are going to return to school, Uh, you don't know what to make of that. But Geronimo going to be back next year. Uh, Really, the only thing hanging in the balance, and I just have a good feeling he comes back, and I think a lot of people do as well, primarily because of three initials, N-I-L, I think Trace Jackson Davis, uh, obviously, exploring the uh, NBA possibilities. I think it's a good thing for him to do. But ultimately, unless something really changes, unless he were to get uh, an invite to the NBA combine coming up later in the uh, spring or the summer, uh, unless he were to really wow people at the combine, I think that there's a great chance he's back. So, Race Thompson is back, and now Geronimo is back, and there's been some recruiting successes with Renault for next season, and obviously the class that we've been talking about for a while, Hood Shafino, and some of the other guys. uh, Lots of uh, off-season excitement, once again, for IU. And again, I go back to this question, and, and we'll talk with Zach Osterman about it a little bit later today, but... Gosh, there's a lot of talent on this IU basketball roster that's returning and with TJD that's potentially returning. Uh, A lot of incoming freshmen that you would think uh, can contribute and would want to play minutes and roles uh, right out of the gate. Uh, I think it's it's a matter of how many players is he going to be able to – Coach Woodson going to be able to work into things uh, for this season. That's kind of my take. A lot of talent in Bloomington right now. Can they put it all together – and can they be at the top of the Big Ten Conference for next season? Or is that just something crazy to say or think about? But we're going to uh, talk about some of that stuff today and this week with Zach and starting off our IU coverage here a little bit later today. Also, uh, I got a call just before the show came on the air today from Les Wright, former Floyd Central Athletic Director. He's very involved with the Varsity Club. We've got good news. He wanted me to pass it along to you. The IU Coaches Tour is going to come back to Huber's and back to Southern Indiana, you're going to get a chance to hear from Coach Woodson and Coach Allen, and so I'll tell you about that a little bit later in the program today as well. Let's look at the show lineup for our Monday program, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some headlines. We'll tell you more about Jordan Geronimo and his return to IU. Also, another busy weekend for IU coaches. Uh, some visits late in the week, and then obviously heading out over the weekend to take a look at players, a lot of basketball in Indianapolis and across the country, uh, and a new scholarship offer, at least one that we know about so far that was kind of derived from some play this past weekend. So we'll cover that as well. Also, uh, Sean McNeil, who was a very intriguing prospect out of the transfer portal, uh, he is off the board. He did not choose Indiana. We'll talk about that coming up. And that's a little bit of a bummer. I know it might help the the crowded scholarship situation that IU has at this time but McNeil was really a shooter and I think we all agree that's something that Indiana uh, with all this talent coming back and incoming players it's all great it's all good there's some real possibilities here for next season. But, man, something has to change, something has to give with perimeter shooting for this team. So McNeil, I think a loss. Indiana, if they could have got him, needed to find some way for a scholarship there, but we'll tell you more about that. Later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Stars with us. He's always with us on Monday. You can pencil him in to join us and talk IU basketball this time of year. So he'll be with us here in segment two. And then later in in the show, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic director, IHSA executive board member. Uh, he'll join us to talk local sports, uh, some high school baseball. Over the weekend, Jeffersonville beat Floyd Central. That was a big game on Saturday afternoon. And uh, we'll talk some other basketball stuff with Chad. couple big job openings, Jeffersonville, some rumors starting to percolate there. There have been rumors, no shortage of rumors uh, the last couple of weeks, but some rumors really starting to circulate there about who could land that job here in the coming weeks. And, of course, Floyd Central open as well. So we'll cover that. And then Chad and I always devote, I don't know, three, four, five minutes to the HBO series series winning time about the Lakers back in the 80s with Magic and Kareem. And last night, the new episodes come out Sunday at nine o'clock. Last night was another great episode. It involved the NBA All-Star game and the rookie season for Magic and Bird and uh, just some really, really good stuff. And so we'll we'll give you an update, our thoughts on that. I've heard from some of you that and I'm not a TV guy, but I really have gotten into that series, and I've heard from a few of you that uh, have enjoyed it and have said thanks for passing it along or bringing it up because I never never would have paid attention otherwise, but uh, we'll talk about that later with Chad as well. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And Let's get into some headlines for the day. Uh, obviously, Gerard. Bonabo coming back to IU six foot six, two hundred and twenty five pounds. I think last year you could call him basically a role player that had some breakout moments. He averaged 4.4 points, 3.6 rebounds, played just over 12 and a half minutes a game, had the second most blocks on the team. Jordan had 24 blocks last year. That's impressive, but if you know him, you know his game, his body, his leaping ability, his athleticism. I don't think anyone should be surprised by that statistic. I was looking at his full stat profile from last year. He was 51.8% from the field, from three-point range and 56.8% at the free throw line. But he is absolutely packed with athletic talent. And there's just something about him. I don't know this for sure. I don't think anybody does. But you can see, I can at times, a glimpse of him being a guy that gets a shot in the NBA at some point in his career. Do I think it's after this season? I don't think so. Do I think it's when he graduates? I think possible that he's just the kind of guy that could develop into that type of player. Um, He has intrigued me from the moment that I first heard his name connected to Indiana. He wasn't a guy that we heard a lot about Leading up to his commitment to Indiana, if I remember correctly, under Archie Miller, he was a guy that came on the radar, visited, and then boom, he was committed to the IU program. And I can remember some of those early highlight videos that you could find on the internet or or social media. He was dunking crazy and just really raw and athletic. And he's come a long way, uh, but boy, he is oozing with potential. And I, I feel strongly that obviously Trace is important and race is important and Xavier Johnson, if he's back, He's important, but there's just something about Jordan Geronimo. If he gets the right opportunities, the right situation, the right minutes, I think he can be the breakout player next year for IU. Just my thoughts. I could be way off. But uh, I think he's a big get, a big return for Indiana next season. I was kind of wondering. He'd been quiet. The deadline to enter the portal is coming up on May one. Wondering what he would do. Was he waiting to see and get more information on who else was coming back? Trace Jackson Davis and others. Because even though he's maybe a three-type player or can play the three, you know that those guys could eke into his minutes a little bit generally. And then with the commitment of Renault and the freshman class, good, and you expect some of those guys to get playing time. You wonder if Jordan's not putting it together in his head that you know I may not get more minutes next year, but I think he has to if you're Mike Woodson. So a big return for IU for next season. You know, a year ago, he's from up in New Jersey. A year ago, he publicly I, – oh, I think he did enter the transfer portal when uh, Archie Miller was fired. And he so publicly thought about leaving IU, and there were even some comments. Somebody interviewed his family or mom about getting him back up closer to home so they could see him more. And I really thought last year, even when Woodson was able to retain some other players, I thought there was a chance – uh, that maybe he did not come back last season. Uh, and then he was quiet this off season. so you wonder about things. But, again, a big get as far as a return. It's amazing. You know, you get – I heard from a lot of fans yesterday who texted me or, or said something. I was out at a basketball thing yesterday. Fans really excited about Geronimo's return, and rightfully so, because of his potential still. But it's amazing you get this excited – a fan base does, and not, and not just Geronimo but any player, about a player coming back. Now, I can get a guy that's supposed to go to the NBA and then decides to come back because of NIL, or in Trace's case, he's probably not going to be drafted, so we think he'll choose to come back. That makes sense. Obviously, that's a big uh, return, but it's that just kind of shows you how these coaches are working hard to keep their own players from a year ago, that there's a lot of excitement when you just have a guy that's an underclassman that has been moving his way up the lineup. He should come back. But in this world we're in, nothing's for sure uh, with the transfer portal and how things are set up. So when players like race, and and, and again, race was different because it's a six-year deal. Uh, but when Jordan comes back, I mean, that, that really is a big announcement for IU. So interesting how college basketball has changed. But uh, he coming back, I think, could pay big dividends for this IU team. And again, we'll talk in the next segment about where IU could be in the Big Ten next year very early on. But I'm just telling you, I, I think this Indiana team could be pretty good next year. I don't want to get too excited or over uh, exert things right now, but just the way things are coming together, there is going to be a lot of talent, a lot of options in Bloomington next year. Also, I mentioned uh, that I had a call earlier today from Les Wright, one of the good guys in Southern Indiana sports over the years locally. And he had some good news. The IU Coaches Tour, it's going to feature Coach Woodson and Coach Allen. They are definite guests uh, for this tour this year. And keep in mind, uh, this thing hasn't happened. We were talking about that for at least two years, maybe three years. There's not been a Coaches Tour for various reasons, including COVID-19. But Don Fisher is going to be the MC. And if you're an IU faithful here in southern Indiana, this is a can't-miss event. Wednesday, May 25th, is the date of the IU Coaches Tour with Coaches Woodson and Allen, Huber's Orchard, and Winery. Les tells me that tickets are $50 each. They're available online, I believe, through the IU Varsity Club. I'll have to get those details. You can also purchase a table uh, for 10, and you get better seating. If you want to take you know work friends or get a group of guys together, and make a fun evening out of it. You get a little closer seating if you buy a table of ten for $1,000 or some other things that come along with that, like getting your name on the program. But checks can be made out to the IU Foundation, mailed to Les Wright, 2104 Trainer Road. Again, 2104 Trainer Road, Borden, Indiana, 47106. If you need this address, text the show, to get a hold of me, I'll give it to you. Les' cell number is 812-987-1513. Again, 812-987-1513. 987-1513 if you want to get a hold of Les and get a table or find out more information so you can get your reservations. Because this will, I have no question about it. With all the excitement around IU with Coach Woodson and for next season, this thing will sign out. But Les is the Varsity Club representative for Southern Indiana and Louisville for IU and uh, so he's going to join us later in the week with more information on this event and uh, we'll remind you of how to get tickets from time to time but always a great night we've been there a number of times and actually broadcast live from the event before Uh, but it's a lot of fun coach Woodson and coach Allen will both be there so you're going to get the two big names I'm sure there will likely be some other guests that are announced as well but uh, you can rest assured that Coach Woodson will be there. And, again, Wednesday, May 25th is the date of that event. And uh, ticket's $50 a person, 1000 for a table of 10. And we'll remind you more about this in the week. But glad to see this event coming back for next year. There's no question about that. Also, uh, new scholarship offer, another familiar name, at least a familiar last name for IU fans, top 40, 2024 prospect Dylan Harper. He's the son of former NBA player Ron Harper. He landed a scholarship offer from IU over the weekend. Uh, He's from Don Bosco Prep up in New Jersey, plays for the New York Rens AAU program. That's a Nike program, so IU was watching Harper and the Wrens and so much other talent in Indianapolis over the weekend in the second and final live period of the spring. Harper is six foot seven. He's left-handed. He's a combo guard, number 33 overall in the 2024 class, according to the 247 composite rankings. Uh, obviously the son of NBA player Ron Harper, former NBA player Ron Harper, and of course, the brother of Rutgers uh, forward Ron Harper Jr. So uh, you remember Ron Harper for the Bulls. I think we all do. And you remember Ron Harper Jr. uh, really helping bring some resurgence to the Rutgers program. So uh, Dylan Harper has offers now from Indiana, Georgetown, Radford, Rutgers, of course, St. Peter's, and Tulane. And uh, he's going to be a player to watch this summer. Another name to add to the list that IU is targeting here in some of these younger grades. And I mentioned some transfer portal news. Sean McNeil uh, not coming to Indiana. He picked Ohio State over the weekend. West Virginia Guard was in Bloomington last week. And intriguing, I think, to IU fans because he's a shooter or he's a known shooter, perimeter shooter. And that would fill a void or maybe help fill a void for him for, for that area for next season. But yeah, We're going to see him, IU fans will, but in the Big Ten he'll just be playing and suiting up next year uh, for Ohio State. So uh, Sean McNeil out of the transfer portal and off the board as he committed uh, yesterday to uh, Ohio State. One other local note, I did not see it. I was busy yesterday. I know that the Washington Nationals got beat 12-3, so it was a game that got out of hand but Josh Rogers, for the first time in his professional or minor league career yesterday, came out of the bullpen for the Nationals and pitched. He's always been a starting pitcher. I think even every game in the minor league, it never come out of the pen, and obviously hasn't in the handful of starts he's had over the last two years in Major League Baseball, but came out of the bullpen yesterday uh, for the Nationals. I don't have his stats in front of me, but good to see him getting some opportunities and curious to see what this bullpen thing is all about for Josh Rogers. We'll head to a commercial break. The Thornton's text line is open. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line open. Love to get your questions and comments for Zach Osterman on IU. And we'll be back to tell you more about Jordan Geronimo and IU recruiting and going to cover a lot in the next segment with Zach. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective.
1: I'll handle this the way I want to handle it. Now that I'm here, you it up to begin with. Now, just sit there or leave. I don't give a what
3: you do. Now, back to the game.
0: Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back
3: here on this Monday show. A couple of you text in and want to know the number for the IU Coaches Tour, the Coach Woodson, Coach Allen. Uh, Don Fisher is MC Wednesday, May 25th at Huber's down here in Southern Indiana. Tickets $50, tables $1,000. Les Wright's phone number, the contact, 812 987 1513 1, again, 812 987 1, 1, Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. And Zach Osterman of the Indy Star with me right now to talk some IU basketball. The big news, Jordan Geronimo back next season, Zach. And really, as far as off season news go, it's all been pretty positive this offseason, in some cases, really good for IU fans here the last few weeks.
2: Yeah, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a, a, I, think, I think stability is a word that kind of keeps coming back to me. I think, there, you know, we weren't surprised to see Parker Stewart leave, to see Christian Lander leave, um, you know, even even maybe a player like Rob Fennessey, who has obviously had some some really good moments and, and played for four years at Indiana, got to finally lead a team to the NCAA tournament, um, but you, you felt like maybe could just stand to get a, a fresh start somewhere for one final season. But Geronimo was one of those players that I think if you were an IU fan, you sort of looked at it and said, you know, hey, obviously he's still kind of the the incomplete article in some ways, but there's clearly something there that that you don't want to lose if you're Indiana in terms of his talent and ceiling. It probably helped that, you know, a couple of his best games of the season were his last two. He had 15 points and seven rebounds against uh, Iowa, uh, Wyoming. He had nine points and six rebounds in the loss to St. Mary's. Um, but I think there were a lot of people that asked, and you know, this, this always felt more speculative. It was, it was sort of one of those things that was taken as gospel, that if Ray Thompson came back, Jordan Geronimo was leaving. It always felt like, hey, that that seems a little bit speculative. Like, nobody ever said that to me, for example. Um, but, it, it, again, it sort of got taken as gospel. And, therefore, when Ray Thompson came back, and, and then when Malik Renault signed, everybody thought, well, that, that must be it then. Um, But you're getting back a player who, especially if Trace Jackson Davis leaves, I think stands a good chance to start. Um, I think on the sly can replace a lot of the, if he can cut his fouls down, that's maybe the one big if for Jordan Geronimo, but I think can um, replace a lot of the rim protection that you'd lose if Trace Jackson Davis left. He's obviously, Jordan Durant, still got to smooth out some of the, you know, some of the rough edges in his game. But there are also players, and I think we've seen this, you know, in the past with, you know, if you think in kind of Indiana's recent history of a player like O.G. Ananobi or a player like Victor Oladipo, um, where at some level, you know, to some degree, you kind of have to look at them and say, hey, he's got this potential. At some point, we've just got to let him play through it and play into it and, and, and not just keep kind of giving him bench minutes and little pockets of action here and there. And, hey, play him a little bit more when he plays well, but just say, here's a run of 10 starts. Go make some mistakes, learn from them and grow and then see where you are, at, you know, maybe like Christmas time or something like that. Um, there are things he's undoubtedly got to get better at. His turnover rate's too high. Again, his his foul rate's too high. You do think that if he's going to be an effective kind of, you know, sort of, you know, small ball four, I think that's probably his best position right now, he's going to have to shoot the three a little bit better and at a little bit more volume. He was 9 of 29 last season, which is 31%. But in the same breath, a defensive rebounding percentage over 20. Um, In conference play, um, you know, a block rate in conference play of 9.1%, which is better than his season overall. Um, you know, it, 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 there are some things to really like about Jordan Geronimo, and it's not hard for me to envision a world where, especially if Trace Jackson Davis does stay in the NBA draft, you've got that a real kind of core nucleus of Ray Thompson and Jordan Geronimo at the, at the four and the five, or maybe the five and the four, respectively, with Malik Renault, you know, maybe – caleb banks maybe some logan Duncan backing
3: them up zach osterman the indie star my guess, on iu basketball zach uh, geronimo and i know there's a lot of pieces up in the air specifically trace jackson davis but do you see him competing for a starting spot next year even with tjd back
2: you know i mean given given mike woodson's you know, sort of preference for experience, at least as we've seen so far, if Trace comes back, it's probably harder for me to see that. Um, but the other thing that we often do when, when we have these conversations in April is that we, we we don't factor for the idea that guys can get better in May, June, July, August. If Jordan Geronimo comes back in and, you know, he's, he's really worked on his... You know, his ball security, his ball handling, he's not quite as turnover prone, and maybe he's hitting 34, 35% of his threes, well, then I could see him as a three. You know, and, and I don't know that he would necessarily be a three that's perfect for every single matchup or coverage that Indiana would have to deal with. But I think the flip side is, if you know, if you're Indiana, you could run a lineup out that's got, you know, Xavier Johnson and Jalen Huchapino and then a really big front line but a really athletic front line, a front line that it would be really difficult to score against really difficult to rebound against at both ends of the floor. Very experienced, obviously. I mean, at that point you'd be talking about, and I'm just, I know this is kind of fantasy basketball, but at that point you'd be talking about guys who already have collectively, I think what 11 or 10, 10 years of college basketball between them in, in Geronimo, Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson going into next season. Um, You know, I think a lot of it, whether Trace is back or not, I think Jordan Geronimo's role kind of early next season and and how much, you know, how many minutes he's playing, how much he's rotated uh, are going to be determined primarily, I think, by his, again, you know, sort of the, the skills away from the basket, his ability to defend without fouling, and his ability to hit threes. But if those things improve, then it's not hard for me to see him taking a substantial step forward. And, and obviously if Trace Jackson Davis isn't back, I, I would, have, I would, you know, if, if Trace Jackson Davis says I'm staying in the NBA draft and you ask me to map out, you know, just, just put out what I think is the most likely sort of day one starting lineup for next season for IU basketball during Deron most probably.
3: In All right, Zach, uh, question from the Thornton's text line. I thought this was a good one. The texter writes, do we have too many guards or have, have to yeah, have too many guards for next season Galloway leal Bates incoming freshmen uh, are there, a, there there are a number of guards there's no way around that on the on the roster but are, are there such thing as having too many guards on a, on a college basketball roster these days
2: no um I mean the short answer is no because you know I think back to for example the Romeo Langford season when Rob Fennessy's hurt and, uh, you know, I think there was a game in there against Northwestern, and they were at Northwestern. Rob Finnessy was out injured. And I think Devontae Green was suspended. And Archie Miller effectively played six guys. Al Durham played 33 minutes off the bench, and he was injured. Um, he was carrying, I think, an ankle injury or something like that going into that game. But his injury was less damaging than Zach McRoberts' back injury. And so while McRoberts started that game, Durham had to play most of it. Um, you know, I can go back to other seasons in recent years where Indiana's essentially been pared down to a four-guard rotation. And so you you can't – there's no such thing as small ball because you can only have two of those guys on the floor at any given time because you, you're not going to – you're going to wear them down if you're playing them too much. Um, and if anything, you know, I mean – we just got through the conversation talking about the possibility of having Race Thompson, Trace Jackson-Davis, Jordan Geronimo, Logan Duncan, and Malik Reno all on the same roster. Um, so, if anything, I'm looking at that, those four or five spots, and I'm saying, you know, how much playing time is there to go around among those guys? Well, you get that, you know, take that back in the other direction with the guards. Yes, there are some questions there. You know, how do you fit Jalen hood together? Um, who is obviously too talented to be relegated to some sort of you know part-time bench role into a lineup with Xavier Johnson, who of course by the end of last season had really come on as one of the most creative point guards in the Big Ten. Um, you know how do you get more out of Tamar Bates and, and maybe get him through his freshman struggles to being uh, I think the player a lot of us think he can be in, in terms of being more of a volume scorer, more of a three-level scorer, etc. But I, I don't think you can have too many. I don't think there's such a thing as too much backcourt depth because, you know, we talk about these, we ask these questions, for example, just hypothetically here in April. Well, what happens if Xavier Johnson gets his foot stepped on in the third game of the season and breaks his foot and he's out for two months? Well, then all of a sudden, if you're Indiana, you're looking at it and saying, geez, we thought we had this point guard problem. Now we only have one point guard where last year we had three, and okay, you know, they could be up and down, but we had three last season, and even at the beginning of this season, we were asking how we were going to fit these two together. Well, geez, all it took was one freak injury, and now we're down to one. And who's going to spell him? Who's going to who's the backup point guard now? Is it Tamar Bates? Is it Anthony Leal? Who is it? Is it Trey Galloway? Who is it? You just can't have too much depth there for me.
3: All right, Zach Osterman, my guests, we're talking – IU Hoops today, I'm going to ask this, uh, we're going to act for a moment like TJD is back next season and uh, winds up pulling his name out of the draft process uh, before the deadline. Uh, if everybody returns, including TJD, uh, and we, what we know about the incoming players, and who knows what happens with the portal, I guess Dexter Dennis is probably the... The key target there, if anyone is, if Indiana is going to add anyone uh, out of the portal this year, um, is 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 it safe to say Indiana could be talked about by the pundits out there as one of the favorites or one of the top echelon teams in the Big Ten Conference for next season if uh, if TJD is back.
2: I think they would have to be. I mean, I think they would just – I don't think there's any way around that. I mean, you look around the league. I think we all expect Iowa to lose Keegan Murray. It sounds like Chris will be back. But Jordan Bohanan is, is finally gone after all this time. Um, Brad Davison, same thing. Johnny Davis, is, is, if he hasn't declared, which I believe he has, it's hard for me to see a world where Johnny Davis is is back. Um, you know, I think I saw Hunter Dickinson's back today. I don't know, or maybe it was yesterday, uh, I think uh, Moussa Diabate is going to test the waters while retaining his eligibility. I don't know where Caleb Houston is at, but Michigan, I think, has a right to think it can be pretty good. Purdue is obviously going to lose some key pieces. I, I haven't seen if there are updates on where some of those seniors are, whether any of them would take a super senior year, but they all went through senior day, so I wouldn't be surprised if you lost at least a couple of them. State's going to get hit a little bit. Illinois obviously taking a big hit with Kofi Coburn leaving. Um, you know, I, I don't kind of know where Illinois goes next. If you're Indiana and Trace Jackson Davis comes back, you still have questions. You still got to shoot the three better. You know, you still got to figure out your, your sort of your ability to defend wing matchups better. And that's, you know, especially if Trace comes back and you don't have any further roster turnover because a guy like Dexter Dennis, who was, an outstanding defensive player at Wichita State could maybe solve that problem for you, but if Trace comes back and, you, and nobody else leaves, then you don't have room for him. There's still things you got to you've got to figure out if you're Indiana, but you're going to have at least one preseason All-Conference player, maybe a couple. I wouldn't be surprised to see Race Thompson in that conversation. You've got what at least right now stands as the number one draft class or not draft class, recruiting class in the conference coming in, and you're kind of in a position where that class looks really good both short and long term but you also don't need any of those guys to step in and be a star right away it's reminiscent of some of the classes that that have really made you know have really kind of pushed michigan on to have more and more success in recent years where they bring in a class that's got three four guys that either some are early impact or some have a lot of good long-term potential but they're joining a roster that's already complete enough that they don't need to look at any one of those players and say we need you to go be the man every night you know, this season hinges on how good you're going to be. I don't think Indiana is a prohibitive favorite or anything like that. But when you look at what other teams in the conference lost and are still kind of projected to lose, if Trace came back, you would have to put Indiana in that conversation to be one of the top three or four teams. And I think in in particular in a season where I don't know that there is one prohibitive favorite, like last season, the majority of us saw Purdue and just said it's it's, you know whether they win it or not. Right now, on paper, Purdue is the clear front runner in this league. Some seasons there is one of those teams. I don't think next season there is. You know, regardless of Trace Jackson Davis's decision, but I think there will be a group of three or four at the top that you'll be picking from, and I think Indiana will be one of
3: those. All right, Zach Ostrom and the Indianapolis Star, kind enough to take time out, join us Mondays on the program to talk some IU basketball. And uh, Zach, as always, thanks for helping us get the week started.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me,
3: as always. All right. We will head to a commercial break. When we come back, local sports, the topic with Chad Gilbert. He's the athletic director at Charlestown, and IHSAA executive board member representing our area. We'll talk about Josh Rogers pitching yesterday, a little basketball, some high school baseball, and, yes, we'll talk about winning time, uh, the HBO series about the Lakers. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, IHSA Executive Board Member, with me as we talk through some local sports headlines to get the week started uh, every Monday here on the show. And, Chad, a a lot to cover today, high school baseball in full swing. I mentioned Josh Rogers coming out of the bullpen yesterday and a loss for the Nationals. That was interesting. And, of course, a big coaching search underway for the Jeff – and Floyd Central jobs here in Southern Indiana. I'll let you take your pick where we start today.
1: Man, let's start about with me being coachable. Number one, I did not switch from the speaker to the headset. You got on me last week, scolded me, beat me down, and I listened. I took coaching. So let's talk about, one, being coachable.
3: Congratulations.
1: Two, two please ignore the voice. I mean, I've got a rest. i got this whiskey tenor nasaled out voice. My allergies have been killing me all weekend. I was not brave enough to go to Thunder. I've been there, done that. Uh, I'm too old for that. You get you get down there, it kind of scares me down there. I did do a drive by, just a people watch, but did not get out of the car. So that did not get me. I I turned fifty last week. Man, Miss Amy threw me a big party around here, and so I've turned to on nice days gardening. So I was trying to get my pick the weeds out of my garden, getting ready to put. Uh, flowers in, and do do those types of things around the house. So it's one of those deals that the allergies got the best of me. So excuse my voice here. But you, like you said, lots of big topics. Uh, great time for sports. You know, at Charlestown, we are blessed. You were up there running your league yesterday. You got to see our facilities. And I know you know everybody talks about how nice facilities Charlestown's are, and we are truly blessed. But what makes our facilities so nice is one, our people appreciate it. Two, they take care of what we've got, and three, you know, it's something that we can play on all the time. We've not missed a baseball or softball game this year. It's something that uh, it's great for our kids, it's great for our community, and it's something that you know, eventually, it will pay dividends for our athletic teams. Whether that's with people wanting to be able to participate on those facilities, our people, our young people coming up being able to practice on those facilities. At some point, you know, we will be a state contender across the board with what we put in here. We've laid the infrastructure. We've got the groundwork down. We've got good coaches in place. We've got a plan together. And at some point, we will take it. We will take advantage of these facilities. That 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 was our point on that one too. You talked about Josh Rogers. You know, we played. When we we're at Jeffersonville coaching at Jeff. Played against Josh Rogers, you know, left-handed kid stand in the corner, shoot threes. You know that was that was the scouting report. You know he, he did his discount double check during the starting lineups and everything through it. You know, we'll see, we'll see how he does. Man, I don't know that kid, but I wish I did. You know, just to see the excitement, see what he brings to the team, the nationals. And I mean, a phenomenal athlete. You know, you talked about him, we talked about him standing in the corner and shooting threes, left-handed stroke. You know, was unbelievable. But for what he's doing in the Major League, you can tell the stuff that he brings to the clubhouse, what a leader. And I would think that New Albany is just, you know, how proud New Albany is of him and what he's accomplished in the Major League. So, you know, it's been great to follow him and, and see everything he does. And, Matt, you may be able to elaborate on a little bit more knowing, knowing him, but, you know, that's it, one of the things that I look for every day is seeing how he does in the Majors.
3: Yeah, just a good, good dude, good guy, stayed the same, even – with all the opportunities he's had back in town a lot helps the community uh i think everybody that knows josh on a personal level or just as a baseball player's kind of got a good feel for him so uh you know a guy you don't ever have to worry about not returning your message or coming on this show when he can uh you know we're not going to bother him when he's in the middle of a pitching uh getting ready for a game or you know in the rotation coming up but uh Uh, Just a just a great down to earth guy that loves New Albany and loves uh, sports and everything here in Southern Indiana. So it's great to see him continue to take advantage of some major league opportunities. Let's hope that continues. Let's hope that Drew Ellis uh, gets the call back up. He's close. He's right there, third baseman in the Diamondbacks organization. I mean, it's just an. I was doing that Jeff New Albany game with your friend PK last week and unbelievable to think that uh, two guys from each of those programs in recent history uh, not long ago graduates of both schools have played major league games multiple major league games this season that's just crazy
1: well you know everything you said about josh rogers that is awesome and i don't know that kid again like i said but i'm proud of what he's done for southern indiana for he's done for new albany you know his family and his community i know is out as extremely proud of him so you know Great for him, but I can attest every one of those things is what Drew Ellis and his family's about. Drew played for me, outstanding kid, a leader in every sense of the word, and uh, his parents were just the greatest parents that you could have on a basketball. Uh, you know, on the basketball team, Drew. If you remember, Drew came in the first year; he started as a sophomore. Daryl had been to Southport. He comes back, you know, takes a little bit of time to get his groove in. Drew comes to me says, "Hey." Coach, take me out of the lineup. Um, put put Daryl in. You know we're gonna be better with Daryl in the starting lineup. We put Daryl in. We roll on, have a good season, go on there. The next year we're playing New Albany in sectional. Drew's dad, Derek, calls and says, "Hey, Drew's sick. He's not gonna be there." I said, "Derek, do everything you can to get him there. You know, drive him the game, whatever." He 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 does everything he can. Plays against New Albany, hits a big shot for us. The next day, you know we win, we beat New Albany. We're a man down. Drew scores 27 in the first half to beat Evansville Harrison. You know who beat us in the season to put him away. He scores 27 in the first half of a regional game, just to put him away. So you know both those guys. You know I can tell, and in Drew's case, I witnessed they step up in the biggest moments.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chad. We've got a few minutes left. Last night, uh, winning time on HBO. I love it. I got. I was busy all day. I was afraid I would be too tired and fall asleep. I didn't get a chance to turn it on until about. 11 o'clock last night. New episode comes out if you've got HBO Max every Sunday night. I think 9 o'clock is when it's posted or when it's released. But I loved it last night. We got to see uh, this Pat Riley character really come into the fray even more in uh, in the Lakers organization and uh, just all around another great episode.
1: Matt, you hit the nail on the head. I think Pat Riley is becoming my favorite character in the episode or in, in the series. I think there's only two series left. I'm curious how it all unfolds. You know how it's going to unfold, but I'm curious the twists and turns that, that how it ends. But, I mean, we talk about it every week. There's not a better show on TV right now than that one. It's green greenlit for season two. And, uh, you know, it, it. you see that there's people, you know, coming out and, you know, saying this. Ah, eh, this ain't true. This ain't totally true. There's some truth in it. You know there's some truth in it there that you've got to believe you know some of it may be embellished of course some of it is embellished but to see that the different demeanors the different personalities come to play and the ups and downs of the team coaching the team i know that's how it is there's going to be highs there's going to be lows whoever wins is who stays equal and you can really see that in winning time
3: yeah absolutely magic johnson had a new um i think it's a mini series come out on apple tv i think it was i don't have that so i have to figure out a way to see that but i've heard early reviews of that are really good interesting I don't follow anything with TV or streaming. I watch very few shows, so I'm not the person to ask. But it is odd that this winning time series comes out. That's somewhat we think based on true stories. They have that the the standard disclaimer that shows on the screen when the series starts every week. That you know I forget the exact wording, but it may be embellished a little bit. But it's interesting that that the winning time is in its heart right now of season one. And then Magic puts out his own thing. I'm sure there had to be some planning, so it's not like he just picked up and started it. But interesting that they would both be released around the same time.
1: Well, I, you know, Magic was, when he played, there was no one better. You know, you think about Magic Bird, you know, Dr. J was in that era. Um, then Jordan comes in after that one, but Magic was so good and made his teammates so much better. Just, you can see his personality, how he would do that, how he would take over a locker room. You can also see the resentment on him. Uh, I've never I've never met any of those guys, but to see them way they play out to what you thought about when you were a kid. I mean, Magic was just unbelievable. watching him growing up and to see him in this show, the way he just dominates things. it that that's his personality. No matter what he's in, he just takes control of the room.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Chad's the AD at Charlestown, uh, IHSA executive board member, and just a good friend of the program. Chad. Uh, couldn't reach you yesterday, man. I was concerned about you. I was in Charlestown. All I wanted to hear or see was Chad Gilbert. I couldn't locate you. I'm glad that we were able to hook up today on the radio.
1: Matt, you know the rules. You know the rules. <laughs> hey, uh, the one thing, man, we forgot to touch on the, the coaching searches. You know, a lot yes. of different turnover here. That's something – you know these te- these schools are wanting to wrap this up fairly quick to get summer activities going, so you, you know that they're in the thick of it. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out.
3: Yeah, going to be interesting. I think we'll get some movement on some things soon. So uh, Jeffersonville likely, I think, will make a move first, Floyd Central to follow. But, yeah, going to be interesting to follow the coaching stuff here the next few weeks. Chad Gilbert, Chad, thank you. Have a great week. We uh, we'll, we'll talk again real soon.
1: Matt, appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern
3: Indiana Sports. Thank you very much. Chad Gilbert with us on Mondays. That wraps up the show. We're available as a podcast if you can't join us live at 11 o'clock. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.